you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. There's no such thing as a good excuse for not buckling up. If you're using excuses like, I'm not going very far, you're putting yourself at risk of injury or even death. If that's not enough to convince you, consider this. Not buckling up could cost you lots of money. Cops are writing tickets. Why take the risk? Do the smart thing and buckle up every trip, day or night. Click it or ticket. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. Hey, everybody, what's going on? It is DJ and Rhett in for Bucky today on Move the Sticks. I'm uh, I'm back, buddy. I had a nice little break. How you doing? Well, uh, look, man, I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here, and I, I guess I'm I'm glad that you're still here. Uh, after after <laughs> our friend Adam Schefter kind of throwing some tweets out there this weekend. Uh, there was uh, it was interesting. Uh, Twenty four, forty eight hours there. There was a lot of conspiracy theory. Yeah. Uh, people were saying DJ hasn't been on the podcast. <laughs> right. This is all part of this elaborate plan. And I'm like, dude, we had this scheduled that that I was going to take a little bit of a break after yeah. the draft. Had nothing to do with anything there. I, I look, I haven't said anything on any of this stuff with the Jets. The reason I haven't said anything, Red, I have not been contacted by anybody with right. the Jets. I'm very happy, you know, doing what I'm doing here. I couldn't be happier. Couldn't be uh, things couldn't be better. So uh, I'm excited to be uh, to be back on the podcast, bud. Well, no question. And uh, look, we are obviously um, really happy that that you are here and you are here with us for the foreseeable future. And I I mean, especially since you've got your new set going on right now. I mean, you've got some great decor behind <laughs> you, this, terrific brick stuff. wall, and a great picture off yeah. your left shoulder of the aftermath crew. So I have to give you, I have to give you a thumbs oh, up. Oh yeah, for that where one. You're, you're right there. Uh, yeah, the left shoulder. Yeah, there. I got, I got to remember it's opposite <laughs> there. There you go. 
Yeah, no, we uh, we represent there. Love it. We've got uh, we've got one. We I had one nice one of me and Bucky too, but they have you know they bring out the whole crew out here to design the set and the picture frame. They well, it just didn't work. I get it. Small, I don't know. Anyways, it, it didn't work. It didn't, it didn't work. work. Uh, I have to explain that to Buck when he comes back on. Uh, yeah, yeah, you definitely have some explaining to do. Hey, let's get to the news, shall we? Um, I I saw that uh, yeah. you know the biggest news that really uh, the last couple of days now. Chris Long officially retiring and i mean what a career former number two overall pick on the draft by the then st louis rams out of uva i remember covering him in his final game uh, as a college player in the gator bowl they were playing texas tech ended up losing the tech but i just remember being around him that week seeing the way his teammates interacted with him uh and the way that he kind of he was just the glue guy, right? And I think, you know, he was obviously a really, yeah, really, really good player, but he just, he got people together. He brought a team together. I think we saw that uh, on all three of his stops in the NFL. Yeah, you know, look, I have my, my buddies there with the Eagles, and I know when they brought him in there, uh, that was kind of their their thought process, and they use that term, the glue guy. He's got championship pedigree. He's yep. going to make the room better. He's going to make the defense better. He's going to make the team better. And he went beyond the box score. Now, he had some good years, a couple double-digit sure sack years. Pro bowler, yeah. Um, but for the mo- ma- yeah, majority of his career, he was he was that you know kind of eight to nine sack guy um, who would make timely plays. When you need a play to be made, you can go back into the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, with the Patriots. found ways to make plays yeah. there. It goes back to back, right? right? Patriots and the Eagles, back to back Super Bowls. So um, he was just somebody that you you, you could rely on. I, I think dependable, reliable. Uh, that defined Chris Long, and then all the the great stuff he's done off the field, as everybody's been mentioning, Unbelievable. And talking about. Uh, just a great, just a great dude, man. There are few in this league that have impacted the communities in which he's been in off the field more than Chris Long, and uh, I think he deserves a ton Absolutely. of credit for that. A Walter Payton Man of the Year Award winner uh, for good reason. So uh, that uh, so it, it had tip to Chris Long for sure. Want to tell everybody what we got? Tell everybody what we got coming up today, right? We've All got right. So we got a fun l- guest. Look, yeah, we've got uh, Dan Orlovsky is on the show today. Um, Dan was drafted by the Lions out of UConn, and uh, my dad got to spend some time with him uh, when he was the trainer for the Lions on Dan's second stint in Detroit. Spoke very highly of Dan. I'm excited to talk to him. Uh, and then another guy that uh, we're both kind of familiar with, Peyton Manning. And you got to you got to spend some time with him at uh, at, at a the Entree Leadership uh, Summit over there, right? Yeah, Entree Leadership Summit is uh, it's just a fantastic thing. And Ken Coleman, I'm working on trying to get him on on the podcast as well. He's had a big influence on on me. I know a lot of people in the sports community listen to him. It's it's a fantastic podcast. If you yeah. haven't heard it, you go to Entree Leadership uh, and listen to their podcast. But they do these big events every year. They have CEOs from you know these these Fortune 500 companies come and speak, and they had Peyton uh, come and speak at this one as well. So as you know, we always talk about the importance of note taking. I was there with you know writing it all down and. And, uh, and got a chance to then dump that into my computer over the last couple of days and and wanted to touch on what I'd uh, heard from Peyton there. And I know, obviously, your, yeah. your connection with Peyton and the Manning family. Yeah. I thought it'd be great with us on here together. We could go through that. And then after that, I believe we're going to go through the division winners yeah, from be great. last year and just kind of quick quick verdict there. Did they get better? Did they get worse? Uh, we'll roll through that. But uh, what do you say we start here with Peyton? Let's do that. Let's do that. Give me some of your takeaways from that uh, that time that you got to see him speak. 
Sure. So I, I've got just kind of bullet points of everything that he said here. I figure we just go every other one. Sure. And if you've got some uh, something to add on it, we'll kind yeah. of just go. And uh, the first thing he said, I, I love this. He talked about the fact that no excuses, <laughs> no explanation. Basically, as a, as a quarterback, as a leader, when something goes wrong, don't be the guy that's pointing fingers. Don't be the guy that's trying to come up with an excuse or even an explanation. Take the criticism, take the instruction, and then do your best to get it fixed. And that was, uh, I thought, some really good advice. Yeah. I go back to that last year in Denver and uh, he stood out in front of his his struggles that year, you know, and, and I think he owned it. And I think his teammates certainly appreciated that. And uh, look, no explanation. I didn't play well enough today for our team to win. He was he was the guy in terms of accepting responsibility uh, in my mind. And then uh, what, what I right, go to the next one. Rep. Yeah, you got the leader is calm. The group will if the leader is calm, the group will be calm. Uh, I think that's a that's a great thing as a description for quarterbacks as leaders as well. Yeah. Yeah, you think about all the chaos that goes on to a game, and if your quarterback's, you know, losing his mind and not being focused in the moment, uh, I think you can get lost. The one the one interesting exception when he said this, the first thing I thought of was Tom Brady, the greatest winner we've ever had at the position. Uh, he he does this a little different now. I mean, when things right. get crazy, you'll see water bottles thrown, yep. and, and somehow he's able to then to let – I think maybe he almost has to get all that out of him so that he can be calm and relax. He has to kind of release all that energy that's a good way to put it that's a good way to put it um I, I never thought about that with Brady but I, I like that one as well little things matter start every offseason on how to take a snap what I thought when he said that you know what I thought of was John Wooden you know John Wooden if you read about John Wooden he always would talk about how he would teach the players every year first day of camp he would teach them how to put their socks on uh, so they wouldn't get blisters. I mean that's where John <laughs> Wooden would start the most basic get thing. back to fundamentals and it's like you're never you're never too you're never too far along in the process. You, you got to keep going back to the main thing, keep the main thing, the main thing, and you start you build that platform and you and you build from there. You don't start every season where you ended the last season. You start every season new and fresh. We hear coaches talk about it, but literally that's how basic it was. He would spend in the off season work on making sure you're getting a, a QB center uh, snap done. I thought that was uh, was very interesting. That leads to the next point, yeah. which you don't even need to expound on. Yeah. You just did is you never have it all figured out. You're always learning. You're always growing. Yeah, no question. And he was, you know, Peyton was always trying to get better. And I think that go ties into something else uh, a bit later down the list. But this one I thought was interesting. Leadership isn't a title. You have to earn it before you can influence everyone. So just because you were named the starting quarterback does not mean that you are automatically the leader of a team. You still have to go out there and earn it. And I think it was interesting that he took that to heart as well. Yeah, no doubt. And that's the next one. This kind of goes together with that is uh, be quiet and humble, especially when you first arrive. And he was telling the story not only when he got to Indianapolis, uh, but then even after he'd accomplished everything he had when he got to Denver. You know, I didn't come in there with a with a bunch of veterans and accomplished players in Denver and bark, bark and tell them everything hey. that this is the way I've always done it. I've won a Super Bowl. This is how it's done. No, he came in there and was like, look, they're going to see I'm the first one in the building. I'm the last one to leave. I'm quiet. I'm humble. I'm a worker. And then once you build up that rapport and respect with the team, then you kind of earn the right to be that vocal uh, vocal leader there. So I, I thought that was fascinating. I, I think it's great advice for the rookies. 
I know that's been a topic of conversation because you're a quarterback. You want to be the leader, uh, but you've got to earn it. And he told the story. I know you've you've heard him yeah. tell it many times about Tennessee when he first got onto the field there and went into the huddle at the University of Tennessee. Uh, they were playing UCLA, <laughs> and uh, the quarterback goes down, and he gets a chance to come in the huddle. And uh, he says, I come in there, and I'm like, all right, guys, this is what we're going to do. We're going to march right down the field. We're going to score a touchdown. We're going to get right back in this game. And he said, I could just get the words out of my mouth, and they had a senior along the offensive line said, hey, yeah. freshman, just shut, shut the up, bleep and, call up the play. and just call the play. So good. My, my dad, you know, having been in the NFL for 40 years, when I was going into my freshman year, you know, playing uh, football, he was like, all right, I'm going to tell you what the coaches tell the rookies every year. Eyes and ears open, mouth shut. Walk into the room, absorb, <laughs> absorb everything, watch everything, don't say anything like don't speak unless spoken to uh and and just absorb it so i think oh, it, no doubt yeah that all kind of goes into the into that uh i mean prep preparation is what gives you an edge i mean is there if there's one quality that you think of when oh, yeah. peyton, peyton manning come isn't preparation the one thing that comes to mind uh, and no doubt and that was when uh you know he said pressure is something you feel when you don't yeah. know what you're doing and i think that preparation leads to not feeling the pressure and he i mean he would talk about it and i've i've got a chance even uh, this last year, being around Philip Rivers doing these Charger games to hear him. Mm. And uh, I remember they were playing Tennessee uh, in, in London. Chargers playing Tennessee in London. And I ran into Philip like at breakfast. Um, and uh, it was it was fascinating because he he had been studying Vrabel and the Tennessee defense, but he had gone back and was studying what they did uh, in in Baltimore because you had a defensive coordinator and Dean Pease who had spent time with the Ravens. So he was like, you know, am I going to be getting some looks that maybe the Ravens have run in the past that, that doesn't necessarily connect with the New England system uh, that they have there? So Philip doing the exact same things as Peyton, just over preparing, and that you don't feel pressure when you're over prepared. Uh, I think that's a great point. And, uh, it, you know, I, I kind of feel that way sometimes just on TV. You know, like if I know yep. what I'm talking about, if I know exactly everything that, that's going on and all the subject matter, there's there's no pressure. There's no nerves. Right. It, that only comes when you are yeah. unprepared. So I, I think that that works in all. It, it's, all walks I'm, glad, I'm glad you mentioned that, because I, I said that to uh, I said that actually to my dad. I was talking to my dad the night after. uh uh, night one of the draft, right. and if everybody that watched it on TV, you could see it. I mean, even though you're at a, you're in a in a set and you're you're just kind of looking at the people on your set, there's what two hundred thousand yeah. people yeah. out there in the streets. Now I'm not naive enough. I know they're not hanging on every word that we say. They're out there having a good time, but it's still a sea of people. And the expect I had a kind of an expectation. Man, I get the the butterflies are going to get going. Sure. You're going to be nervous, and then. There's none. There, yeah. There's none because you've been studying this stuff for you months. Know the material. And you're just like, this is the fun part. This is the fun part. Let's just go play. And uh, right. I think that is. It all speaks to the preparation that you do. Uh, and this one, um, I think, is really interesting to me. Treat practice just like a game. Crowd noise, scoreboard, ETC. It's even more than that to me, especially from Peyton Manning. I'll go back to the time that I spend with them at the Manning Passing Academy. I'm talking about late June, early July in Thibodeau, Louisiana, in 100-degree heat at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. The first thing they do when they get onto campus is they work out. So Peyton, Eli, yep. and the 40 quarterbacks, some of the best quarterbacks in college football get out there. And I just remember watching, you know, watching the whole thing unfold. And Peyton is sitting here first. This was back when he was playing. First one through every drill. And as they're running routes, I mean, he is 
he is dropping back seven-step drops, rollouts, fakes, like Terrell Suggs is coming around the edge. Like he is approaching each one of those reps like it's Super Bowl 50. Uh, and I just, I couldn't get over that. And I watched, I talked to some of the other college kids. I was like, you guys watching this? And, and they couldn't believe it that a guy this accomplished still treats every rep as minimal as it might be in terms of impact. Like it's the, like it's a Super Bowl I, that stuck with me and will always stick with me. Yeah, that's the way he's, that's just the way he's always operated. Yeah. So, I mean, it's uh, it, it's pretty fascinating. I love that insight there from the Manning camp. Yeah. The next couple things kind of go together sure. here. Uh, have a plan for every situation in, in terms of audibles. And he said, uh, QB play is about solving problems presented by the defense. And I even thought about that. I mean, this is a, this is a business conference. Um, so we're talking about it in the, in the standpoint of football. But I'm just thinking, look, if you're listening, you run your own company, um, or you're even a you know, manager, to me, that is, that is the job, right? The job isn't when everything's going well. The job is, okay, you've got challenges, you've got problems, you've got looks from a defense you maybe hadn't anticipated. How quickly can you solve those problems? That, to me, is how he kind of boiled down quarterback play. That's your job. I mean, it just, it all makes sense there. I mean, with, with Peyton, no, no detail left unturned, and um, you know, we, we've obviously seen that, and it, it, all these things just, they extend beyond football, which I think, which I find most interesting of, which kind of leads into the three keys to a championship team, which you could take team out and throw in organization or throw in yep. business because it all, it all matches up. Yeah, think about that. The three things he mentioned, you bring in people who fit. Uh, if you have the right guys, when adversity hits and it will hit, yep. uh, your group will stay together. And then the best players were the best practice players. And to me, when he said that, I just thought to my time with the Baltimore Ravens, and I, I've told this numerous times, uh, when when uh, when Ray Lewis, my first time out there was right after the draft when I got hired. Uh, they had just drafted Terrell Suggs. It was that year. Um, so I come in there, and I didn't know what to expect. I you know I knew Ray Lewis. I knew he was a you know, Super Bowl MVP. He was an all-time great player. Uh, but I thought, okay, I might not see that Ray Lewis until we get to the regular right. season. May, maybe training camp. Maybe as they're getting ready to really kind of crank up. No, uh, this was the very first mini camp, and Ray Lewis was flying around the field. He's holding everybody else accountable. He's the first in line in every single drill. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Ray Lewis is treating this mini camp like it's a <laughs> Super Bowl. Uh, he's he's the best defensive player in football at this point in time. Right. And I think that's exactly what he's talking about. It's it's that old Tony Larusa line too. When your when your best players are your best workers and your best best leaders, that's when you have a uh, you really have something there with the championship team. And and Peyton mentioning how those guys practice, and that's why when I talked. To these college kids, Red, I, I tell them, look, uh, if, if Ray Lewis and the Peyton Mannings of the world treat an off-season OTA like it's the Super Bowl, yeah. I mean, how the heck are you loafing at practice here, you know, at Florida State, at Texas State, wherever right. you are? Like, that, you've got to treat each and every day as it's the most important day you've got. It's like in, in that college situation that you brought up, it's like on a Wednesday practice, you know, if you got a guy that's telling the scout team guy to settle down, to stop playing so hard. Oh yeah. You got, yeah. Oh yeah. You got a and we know those guys. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You want less of those guys. You want more of the scout team guys that are going like crazy. So that's, I, th I think very interesting uh, as well. Uh, what's the, what do we got right, next let's, here? Uh, let's keep it moving here. Yeah. Yeah, right after the draft, uh, this is just a little story that he had told. Is, uh, he said he was asked right after the draft, he gets picked. He's the number one overall pick of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, and somebody asked him at the pref press conference, what are you going to do with the money? Like, what's the first thing you're going to do? And we've asked that question to other guys, sure. right? I've never heard this answer before. This is the only time I've ever heard it. Peyton's response was, I'm going to earn it. 
And uh, and people say, oh, that's just hokey or that's just cheesy. No, that was his mindset. Yeah. Wasn't like, what well, I'm gonna go spend, I'm gonna go buy this, that, or the other thing. Um, I, I'm I'm gonna go make this worth it for this team that just invested in me. I think that's a great point. Uh, this is another one that's really interesting uh, to me. Know the different members of your team or your organization, however you want to put it. Because I'll go back. By the way, uh, happy birthday, Archie Manning turned seventy yesterday. Um, Oh, and, happy birthday, Arch. Yeah. So Archie was best man in my dad's wedding, and um, they struck up a bond as Archie is starting quarterback. My dad was the head trainer. And so through that relationship, Archie then instilled in his kids, both Peyton and Eli, that when you go play, make sure you take care of the guys that take care of you. So he told Peyton when he went off to Tennessee, he was like, inevitably, when you get to campus, you're... The, the guys that you will feel the best out, maybe your best friends on that team will be the trainer and the equipment manager. And sure enough, Peyton still talks to the equipment manager, still talks to the trainer that took care of him. So those kinds of things, it's like when you go in for a job interview and they sit down, sit you down like, hey, who, what was the name of the person that, that checked you in? What was the name of the person down the front desk? Um, you know, yeah. those types of things that you take the time to know everybody that has an impact on your success. And that's actually something that I, I, I feel kind of convicted on because it's it's a it's easy to say I'm terrible with names and I am I'm I'm, yeah. I'm terrible with names, but man it's it's all that's constantly an area in my life personally where I'm like man I got I've got to do better in that you know I have I have great relationships with some people I got to figure out I got to you know you get to the point where you're like oh man it's been too long I can't yeah, ask you can't what ask the name, the name is anymore yeah yeah we all have those but I'm always impressed by the I I'm very impressed by the people that are good at that and, and take the time to do that it's something uh, I need to be better at a couple uh, other things here self-explanatory direct communication is the key avoid the third-party yeah. communication you have an issue you go deal with that person uh directly and then the next one um when you're down in the fourth quarter I thought this was fascinating. You trust your fundamentals. Just avoid negative plays. Keep advancing the ball down the field. This was something uh, Ed Zombrecker, you know Ed, because yeah, sure. uh, Coach Zombrecker has done some some work down there at the Manning Passing yeah. Academy. He was a head coach at, at Northeast Louisiana when I was there. He'd been the offensive coordinator at LSU, Florida, a bunch of other places, Purdue. Um, but he would take us on the field uh, the day before the game, and we would start with quarterbacks and our head coach, and we would just start at one end line, and we would walk the entire field. And as we got to like the 10, you know, we'd get to the, you know, to the five-yard line on our own five. And go, okay, hey, this is about let's just give our punter enough room. We've got to get this ball out another five yards so we can have uh, some some room to punt the ball then we get out to the 10 or the 15 okay hey look it's about protecting the ball uh don't turn it over we can work the outside of the field there's no reason to go in the middle of the field if you don't have to then you start getting okay we're at the 40 uh this you know we might take a shot here try and get a chunk play yeah. this is the plays we like and he would walk the whole length of the field and just kind of work through that but then he would also be talking about the two minute drill and the 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 whole thing about the two minute drill is is first downs not touchdowns you just worry about first downs you get enough first downs we're going to get down the field and have an opportunity to do what we need to do uh, but that's what he's talking about down in the fourth quarter yeah. keep things basic don't turn the ball over and just keep advancing the football i mean it it's that's it seems so simple right but it's so powerful uh, as well. And then uh, finally here, key to get back to zero, forget and move on. And uh, I'll be interested to talk to Dan Orlovsky about this as well as a, as a quarterback uh, in the league, you know, dealing with adversity, especially as a quarterback. How do you fight back and how do you get back to zero from a negative play and put yourself in an opportunity to atone for it? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a key to it. Last one here, and this is uh, pretty simple. Don't stay stagnant. You're always getting better or worse. Uh, basically, treat each and every day as an opportunity. And and uh, and look, you never rest. You never get comfortable. You're always trying to take that next step. And you saw him play pretty darn yep. good uh, late into his career when he was healthy. So, anyways, that's what uh, yep. that's what we got there. From the Peyton Manning talk, I know you again, you mentioned it, Rhett, you've got a lifetime of of friendship there with the Manning family. So I just think it's great. I love studying great players. It's somebody that's great in in our world, the football world, or even outside the world. Listen to these successful people. Uh, It crosses over. It's not just football stuff. It's life stuff. No question about it. Um, And uh, I feel like if you can set that example as as a leader, then you'll see that trickle-down effect uh, for sure. All right, we, uh, we teased it a little bit earlier. Really excited about our next guest. All right, Rhett, couldn't be more excited to finally get my guy on the podcast here. Uh, Dan Orlovsky has done a phenomenal job in the transition from playing on the field to really emerging as one of the uh, the top young analysts in the NFL right now. It does a great job over there at ESPN, and uh, we've got him on the show today. Dan, how you doing, bud? Well, I'm doing great after that nice introduction, so I appreciate it, man. It's good to good to be with both you guys. I'm as big a fan of yours as, as you are of mine. Well, Dan, just just to be clear, DJ's the king of setting you up and then knocking you down a little bit. So just, <laughs> I'm all for that. Just wait, just wait, that. just wait a couple of minutes here. Uh, hey, we were just talking a little no, bit. He, go, go ahead, DJ. No, I was going to say, no, he appreciates that. He knows yeah. what he's walking into here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, go I'm ahead, ready. Brett. We were just talking uh, a little bit, uh, Dan, about uh, Peyton Manning and about leadership in general a little bit and how he kind of exemplifies that in a big way. DJ got a chance to spend some time with him. I've been around him a lot um, growing up as well. And so we were kind of curious, you know, in your NFL career, some of the guys that you've really taken notice of as exemplary leaders uh, in yeah. your in your different uh, atmospheres. Well, it's funny you bring up Peyton. I was at, I played technically played a year with Peyton. That was the 2011 year, okay. and that was like my fifth or sixth year in the NFL. That was Peyton's neck year when he, you know, there was so much unknown about it to start the season. Really, for everybody, even us that were involved there, and I remember obviously thinking the world of Peyton and his leadership, but a story that sticks out that he kind of set the standard or set the bar for leadership was we were in a walkthrough and Peyton was not again, part of the team in in many ways at at this point, this was beginning of the year. And again, not knowing. So we're in a walkthrough and the quarterbacks are kind of going through walkthrough. Everything is slower. Everything is pulled back and we break the huddle and we're kind of calling out protection, calling out the defense and whatnot. And Peyton stands to the first play and immediately he's like, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. We're like, what's up? And he's like, just because we're in a walkthrough, it doesn't mean that this does not matter. And we were all like, yeah, we get it, Peyton. And he kind of said, no, I'll show you guys how to do this. So he breaks the huddle and all of a sudden he gets lined and he starts screaming out protections and screaming out defenses and, hand signaling, communicating. And we were looking at each other like, what is going on? And he kind of pulled everyone together. It was like, fellas, everything you do matters. And that was the first time I think in my life where I got to see somebody say something and then show me what it actually meant. Like words were put into images. So Peyton was kind of like that standard setter, but I was fortunate. Like I went into the NFL my first couple of years and, and, struggled to find a leader but then I went to Houston Gary Kubiak was a leader there mm-hmm. as our head coach the thing I loved about Gary Kubiak was like he did had this ability to ask nothing of you but demand everything of you and I know that kind of sounds silly but like Coop Coop's just had this way of 
he demanded stuff from you without ever asking of, of it from you. Uh, Matt Schaub was a great leader. Uh, I think the thing that stood out to him, to, to me from him as a leader was he embraced everything. Like, embraced the grind, embraced training camp, embraced – he was in a, this guy that you just watched embrace it. Peyton I talked about. Um, Reggie Wayne was incredible. Just the work ethic that Reggie had. I remember in training camp, before training camp practice, like 5 a.m. walking into the – weight room and Reggie was doing supersets of 20 reps of 225 pound squats and then like 30 second sprints on the treadmill. And this is like in his 10th or 11th year. So uh, Reggie was up there. Jim Caldwell was a great leader of, um, you know, empowering guys. He always had a way to make sure that you remembered your success, even in difficult times, reminded you of kind of really what and who you were. And then Sean McVay, Sean McVay, I say this about great coaches, a lot of good coaches or coaches like set a standard and they expect players to find a way to that standard. Sean McVay sets the standard and then equips players differently to make sure that they can reach that standard. But I've been fortunate to be around some great leaders. And and I think some people listen to this. Look, there's some people on the internet who want to be cynical and, and kind of and poo-poo when we talk about things like leadership and what that does for a team and in a locker room. Just from your experience, how how crucial is it? Especially when we're talking about a head coach and a quarterback, that that be a, a large component of what they bring to the table. Oh, it's it's arguably the most important thing yeah. because. You know, I always say like football is almost like the game of golf. Like I love golf. And so golf's a game about misses, right? Football and especially quarterbacking and coaching is like about handling the bad. It's about handling problems because they're inevitable. And when your quarterback and coach are aligned, but also have great leadership qualities in the bad, you know that in the good likely everything's going to be easier, but just in the handling the bad, handling the problems of play to play, quarter to quarter, game to game, season to season, those guys that can have the leadership equality of us. It's always us. It's always we. It's always our our journey. It's not our result that they'll come. It's our destination. Um, you know, I was fortu- fortunate to be around some great coaches and some quarterbacks that exemplified it, but also some players like Jeff Saturday, I always go back to that 2011 season. We were really bad. We were, uh, Jeff had gone through a decade of AFC championships, basically. He, they were part of like winning every game type thing. And we were 0 and 11, 0 and 12, finally won a game. But I always say one of the reasons we won that game was Jeff Saturday never blinked. Jeff Saturday never wavered from, all right, it's Wednesday and I'm, I'm a paid professional and this is our practice and I'm going to do everything I can, my routine. He could have been easy to check in, you know, like check out and cool, whatever. But just his ability to keep us going forward was so impactful for so many of us. Yeah, real quick yeah. here, one more, Rhett, and I'll let you jump in here. Uh, but, Dan, when I, I get a chance to go speak to some of these colleges and, and talk to these players about what's getting ready to come uh, in their future here as they get towards the draft, and you try and give them some advice along the way. And one of the things that, that kind of sparked my memory there is what you just said there about how you handle things and the we, me thing. Uh, because I tell them, look, when you're doing an interview, it's a very simple rule to live by. If it's right, it's we. If it's wrong, it's me. Any, anything that goes mm-hmm. wrong, you can take personal ownership of it. Anything that goes right, it's shared. It, it, that, to me, is something if, gosh, if these guys could just follow that simple rule, it'll eliminate a lot of distractions, a lot of issues some of these guys create for themselves. Uh, I think part of it, too, is 
a lot of kids, I don't want a lot of people struggle to truly gain confidence because of the work it takes to have actual confidence that then they don't want to say me because they're not confident enough to go, you know, no, that's on me. Because when you're confident Mm -hmm. and you put in the work, you'll take whatever, right? You'll just go, yeah, it was, it was on me, but it's a great point that we versus me thing. I'm going to steal that. Yeah. Me might get you paid, but we, (laughs) we wins long-term. I think uh, in, uh, in most, uh, every Avenue there, especially in football. So, uh, Dan, I think when we talk about quarterbacks, they are kind of de facto leaders. Some embrace it probably more than others. Um, but these rookie quarterbacks, and I'll include Josh Rosen in this, in this group here, just because he was traded on draft day on draft weekend. Which of these rookie quarterbacks do you feel like is best equipped to lead their team and is is in the best situation to do so? And I'll, I'll include Rosen in that group as well. Oh, man. You know, I would say the guy that I – there's something about him that I genuinely do like personality-wise is Drew Locke. Um, now, obviously, everyone has, has heard about the, the conversation between him and Flacco and, and mm-hmm. mentorship, whatever, but – you know, he's a guy that because he went to Missouri and they were usually outmanned, he had to kind of bear some stuff. Like he had to bear some difficult times and go through some struggles and understand that it was going to take we versus him just being the greatest player on the field to go win some games. You actually saw it almost play itself out this season that he took a little bit of a step back statistically on purpose to allow his team to be better. Like the we was better. That's why they were eight and four and made their bowl game just because they got away from the gunslinging mode and he got away from the gunslinging mode. I don't love the player and I don't love the fit necessarily, but Daniel, I don't love the player, but Daniel Jones in New York, you're going to learn behind one of the greats yeah. of in the history of the uh, New York city. And that is not, in all due respect to many cities, like you're not playing in Jacksonville, right? You know, it's so it's absolutely different. Yeah. yeah. And so having the opportunity uh, to not only learn from a guy who's done it as good as anybody in that city, but also zero pressure this right now, right. To go have to go play and carry a franchise. I do believe that there is invaluable experience there um, to be able to just sit and learn, obviously Stidham in new England, The one thing I will say about Josh Rosen is this, and I don't know if it gets talked about enough. You know, I I do believe that leadership is dual and you're born with it a little bit and then you develop it and and grow and mature it a little bit. But I also know that my leadership personally grew because I got to watch people in front of me. Like I got to watch guys like John Kitna and Matt Schaub and Peyton Manning and uh, Gary Kubiak and all those Sean McVay. I got to watch those guys. Josh Rosen has never had a mentor. He went from high school mm-hmm. straight to UCLA and was like, go. Yeah. And he's never had someone to just kind of sit back and go, all right, I want to I want to implement that into my life. Or I want to be a little bit more like that. Or, oh, that's how I handle throwing three interceptions and losing the game for our team. Or that's how I handle throwing four touchdowns and winning the game for our team. So I'm very interested to see how him getting kicked in the face a little bit and a little bit embarrassed that he really can, he grow from that and learn from a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, even if it's just a little bit. 
Yeah, it's interesting if you, if you look at Josh's situation. Um, not only is he is he having to change teams after one year, and we talked about the fact previously um, on this podcast as well as everybody has so four four offenses he had to learn uh, as as quick as this thing has turned over. Had to had to mm-hmm. stink and learn an offense he was never going to play in. Right. Uh, think right. about how frustrating the last that would couple be. months. Uh, I mean. Yeah, so he goes through all that. Now he's there in Miami. But I think he might have left a depleted roster for one that might even be worse with where he is Mm. in Miami. I mean, there is not much around him there. And a team that, you don't use the word tanking, but a team that has their eyes towards the future. Let's just put it that way. Uh, But, man, I don't know that a young quarterback has had a a bigger challenge ahead of him to start his career than this kid. Maybe maybe you can think of another one. Maybe David Carr starting there with the Texans as an expansion franchise. But he didn't have to switch teams after one year. That's unprecedented. This is a daunting task for for a big-time kid. And, and Dan, you knew this, like I've, I've, I've said this and I'm sure it's been said by other people that I kind of just like a lot of young quarterbacks in the NFL are ruined than they are made because a lot of teams don't handle them the right yeah. way and know how to coach them the right way. To be honest with you, you can make the case that both of the L.A. kids like Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold with what's going on with the Jets. Sure. Um, I, yeah. I, I do. I'm always trying to glass half full things. Uh, and, and this is a really good opportunity for Josh Rosen to dispel some of the conversation out there or the narrative out there of him. I agree with the depletion of the roster, but I will say this. Chad O'Shea going down to Miami and coming from where he's been in New England for a decade completely understands how to manipulate scheme to cover up your roster flaws, right? Your your offensive yeah. line flaw, your skill talent flaw. And you have to have a very intelligent quarterback to do that. And that's Rosen strength. So like that is my glass half full view of it is like maybe, just maybe <laughs> – since he does excel in the brain aspect that they can utilize him to overcome some of the flaws that are there. But um, certainly him and and Sam Darnold have been put into some very different situations than say a a Baker or even a Josh Allen in Buffalo. I'm glad you brought that up about Chad O'Shea too, because we were just talking about underrated players in the league. I think that was probably one of the more underrated coaching hires this, uh, this past season was, Chad O'Shea coming from New England to be the offensive coordinator uh, in Miami. Hey, hey, DJ, you, you've got some uh, you got some old reports yep. you want to dig around for a little bit, don't yeah, you? I, do. um, I, I think oh, you, yeah. we, we I, really I, have I, some so fun here. with this. I think we should we should put uh, right. put Dan to the test. Let's go. All right, Dan, you were class of two thousand five, correct? Correct. All right, so I've gone through and I've I've printed out some uh, some reports that I wrote. I was with the Baltimore Ravens at that time on quarterbacks in your draft class. Now the last one I'm going to read is yours, so so we're going to look forward <laughs> okay. to that. And I'll tell you that's coming. There we go. And I, I, I do Thanks. hope that we're I do hope we're still friends after I, I read that. I told you. Your is far Set you up what I and had, then brings uh, you right back down. Here we go. Here we go. All right, so I'm going to just read I'll give you a couple softballs here. I'm not going to read the entire report. I'll just pull out some, uh, some little things from it here. Uh, let's see here. Player has good height on a skinny frame. He's only 20 years old. Should be able to add another 15 to 20 as he continues to mature. Operates in a wide-open shotgun offense with tremendous efficiency, quick feet, uh, over-the-top fluid delivery, gets the ball out quickly, footwork very polished. Uh, let me scroll down here. Doesn't have a big arm, but has enough arm to make all the throws. Gets the need of velocity to fit balls in tight quarters. Uh, nice touch on a deep ball. 
Uh, da -da -da, let's just scroll down here. Also proves his toughness by taking several shots on my tapes and hopping right back up. Decision-making is outstanding. Let's get to the very end. Overall, there isn't much dislike about this player. Has size, toughness, instincts, presence. He values the ball. He's accurate. He's very athletic. He's smart. Mm. He's a winner. Lack of a huge arm. The only thing keeping this grade from the top, top tier. But that was the report. Who you got there, Dan? Who is that? Alex Smith. Ding, ding, ding. Nicely done. Let's go. Alex Smith. All right, See, one for one. One for one. There you go. One for one. You're one, you're one for one. All right, here we go. Another one here. Uh, this uh, I don't want to say that. That'll give it away. Uh, <laughs> slightly undersized quarterback. Extremely productive, efficient uh, in this attack. Uh, oh. He oh, bought into I've the mechanical it. fundamentals. Already got it? Go ahead. Stefan the fool. Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> yes. No, 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 no. You're no, kidding. But that's a good guess. Uh, it's not a good guess. Uh, let me finish this. Right. Uh, holds the ball by his ear at times. Uh, oh, snaps Roger. the ball off quickly from that spot. There you go. Once I got the to ear. the ear, there's so many tells in this thing. I'm like trying to not to navigate my way through it. The last thing I said on, on Rogers, let's get to the end of it here. Uh, uh, da -da 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 -da. Uh, while a little undersized as all tools to be a solid starting quarterback in the NFL. Uh, he was more than by, a by the way, DJ, if you're just going to read them in order of which they were drafted, this is going to be a lot easier. No, no, no. Okay. I, 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 I like to start <laughs> off by giving, okay. I like to give him a couple layups here. Right, this is a layup right. line. Make us feel now good. We're, right, now we go. we're getting ready to step back. Now we're stepping right, back a little bit. Here we All, right, go. Here we go. All right. Uh, this guy is a three-year starter. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's go through here. Interesting guy to watch. He's a monster physically, very strong arm, decent mobility, operated drop back passing attack. Da, 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 da. Let's see here. Um, let's go through here. He'll make four tough throws in a row, then Ooh. overthrow to wide, wide open man by 25 yards. Doesn't <laughs> handle pressure in his face very well, gets rattled and throws it up for grabs. Decision making in, in general is questionable because of his supreme confidence in his arm. Um, uh, showed deep ball accuracy, beautiful, effortless 55-yard toss versus Boise State. So I've, I've maybe a little, mm. but that's not too much of a hint there. Uh, oh, however, he'll throw underneath passes and, and shallow crosses like he's Vladimir Guerrero. Uh, needs to take a little <laughs> off. Uh, get down to the very end here. Overall, this is a wild card player. Very talented. Needs to be roped in and given time to develop. He'd be a good third initially for us. Chance to be a very good number two potential to start in time. I'm saying I'm taking two guesses whether I'm allowed or not. I am saying <laughs> no. You Derek get one. Anderson That's a lie. Or one. Andrew Walter. Yes, yep, one of the two. Derek Anderson. It's Anderson. Nicely yeah, done. You're sorry. three for three. You are three nice. for three right now. Well. All right. All right. Here we go. Uh, next one. We got to do this all. There's a lot of quarterbacks in this class. Yeah. Uh, all right. This guy operates out of the gun and under center. Decent quickness away from center. Uh, throws off firm platform. Short lead step if any at all, uh, stays on balance. Uh, da -da -da -da. He has a little bit of a violent release, looks like baseball pitcher. Uh, doesn't always follow through, he'll fight his body at times. Good pocket awareness, he can escape and create time. Uh, let's get to some other stuff here. Uh, excellent play action quarterback. Da -da -da -da. He's a tough runner with the ball when he tucks and goes. Isn't very sudden or elusive, but he'll fight for tough yards. Outstanding competitor. Uh, ran 30 yards downfield in pursuit of a block on a reverse and dove to pick one up. Overall, smart, tough competitor who can manage football games. I just question whether or not he's already capped. Uh, he should be a very good backup at the next level. That's a tough one. Uh, You're pitching a perfect Ryan game Fitzpatrick? right now. There's a lot of pressure. 
Ding, 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 ding. Fitzy. You are four for four. Wow. wow. Nicely done. So, so like, How about that? You. He's four Thank for you. five because of the little four fours guess. Four. Uh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah, little fours. Yeah. He was premature on that yeah. one. Okay, all right. All right, all here right. we go. Now we're, now we're starting to have some fun here. Uh, this guy was a one-year starter. Uh, first thing you notice about this player is a sidearm delivery. Uh, releases the ball below his chest on most, most throws. Uh, does a good job finding lanes, gets limited tip balls for someone who throws it 55 times a game. Uh, mostly out of the gun, quick catch and throw offense, accurate on shallow crosses and bubbles, uh, nice fade thrower, struggles on drive throws. All of his INTs in, in my tapes are a result of him trying to drive and fit the ball in tight quarters. Doesn't have the juice to make those throws. Uh, his ball has a parachute on it. It will die. Then uh, <laughs> uh, get to the very end here. I love that line. Very end here. <laughs> How, however... Uh, uh, he tore up Cal in the Holiday Bowl, outplayed Rodgers. However, his lack of arm strength makes him a fit for only a dink and dunk offense. He isn't any better than Josh Harris, in my opinion, who we had at the time as our third. Now wow. we got now we got you. I think I might have you on this one. Tore up Rodgers in the Holiday Bowl. Um, a lot Andrew of Walter? No. I'll give you one more. Good guess. Um, I said he throws it 55 times a game. Think about the program yeah. to throw the football 55 times a game. Uh, no, no doubt. Uh, what hmm, round was he selected? Rhett, Rhett, Campbell. Rhett, Rhett. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, so this is the one. This is the one. Yeah. Okay. Um, Orton? No. Let's think Big 12. It doesn't match Let's the arm thing. It, it doesn't match the arm strength. Um Big 12. Oh, Jason White. No, no. Rhett knows it. I think Rhett knows it. Rhett, Brad why don't you Smith. jump in here? Dan's struggling. Um, no. Okay, I am I'm now lost. Texas Tech. Oh, God. This was... Uh, wait, was this... Texas Tech? Is this BJ Simmons? No. Um, oh, Sonny Cumbie. The first Sonny Cumbie. Sonny Cumbie. Yes. Sonny yes. Cumbie. Sonny Cumbie's the he's like the offensive coordinator of TCU right now, right? Uh he he I think uh, he's, he's he was. on the bigger and better yeah. things. Yeah, all right. Good for him. I I've no chance of <laughs> me right. getting that. No chance. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. We've got one more that I'm getting to yours. Uh see I saved the hard ones for the last part. Yeah, that was uh, a tough one. All right, one. here we go. Last one. Last one. Uh, short, crafty, productive quarterback. Uh, and a QB-friendly offense, operates out of the gun underneath the center, very athletic, throws well on the move. He'll run some option on here. Uh, da -da -da -da. Does rotate with another quarterback. At first glance, he looks like a free agent. He's short, lacks a big arm to make all the throws. However, he's efficient, doesn't make bad decisions, can create some plays with his legs. Uh, da -da -da -da. Get to the very end. Overall, this player has enough ability to carry a clipboard at the next level. Could get us out of a game. His lack of size and arm might deter teams from drafting him, but I won't be surprised if he makes a team next year. Oh, man. Um, all right, I'm going to throw, throw one out there. Brock Berlin. No, but you've already used this name. Yeah. I just didn't get Stephon it right. Stephon LaFours. Yeah. Let's I was gonna say that. He was a monster right. at Louisville. Yeah. I mean, he was really he was good. Beast. He is. It, he so, was a third round. So is it Brom? Very angry. Just so we're clear. <laughs> yeah, it should have. Well, you're not angry yet because you haven't heard. Yeah, my you report. haven't heard your uh, report yet. But <laughs> that uh, that was Brom, right? Wasn't that Brom? He was rotating with. 
Yeah, and then Brom. Yeah, when Brom was a freshman. And yeah. Brom was a second-round pick, what, That's a year right. later or two years later? Two um, years later, yep. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't that didn't end well. Well done. No, it didn't. All right, He's, Dan. That was pretty good. You, you had you had those good. Yeah, that was pretty yeah. good. All right, here we go. The piece de resistance. Here we All go. Right, oh, Rhett, here Rhett, we go. Rhett, did did you get this? I think I sent this yeah, to you. Yeah, DJ, you do you feel it? more comfortable if I read it, or are you going to be okay? I, I think no, I no, feel no, more no. comfortable <laughs> if you read this because I think I, I, I think it's this is this is going to be hurtful. It's going to be hurtful. Okay. All right, you want it, you want it from me or from Rhett? You can choose who the executioner is. I want it from you, Jeremiah. Yeah, you better give it. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. This is a cross. This is a cross check report. So I didn't get to see you live. It's just off tape. It's off of a cross check. So keep. All right. Here we go. Orlovsky, the starter quarterback for the Huskies. Excellent size and frame to add more weight. He's an awkward player to grade. He looks like a big, strong power pitcher and throws nothing but 75 mile per hour changeups. Has decent feet in his setup out of the gun and under center. Holds the ball chest high. Takes him a little while to load and release. He's at his best on check down, swings, and throws inside the hash. He sees the field very well, takes what's given. However, he lacks the muscle to drive the ball outside the hash and under throws deep balls. On my tapes, he lacks mobility to escape when things break down and loses accuracy on the move. He really struggled at the senior bowl. His ball wobbled and died on drive throws. He appeared very slow-footed. You're read the whole thing. He's better wow. on these tapes. But I still wouldn't endorse as a draftable prospect for us. I mean, that was that was. I mean, I was wrong. I mean, you played for a long time. I totally. I, I whiffed on that one. I, I mean, that was painful to read. Here's, no, no, no. I'm t- to be honest with you, it's like ninety nine for nine, almost perfect. The only, the only thing, the only thing that is is hurtful is when you're like. Man, this dude's great <laughs> at checkdowns yeah, and yeah, swing yeah. passes. <laughs> <laughs> this dude's good. Yeah, hey, you're a field general. Every in the world is. is uh, wow. <laughs> uh, well done. Yeah. Oh, well it's so good. It's so good. That you outlived that report by on. a long way. Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. that? Was that? What do you remember about that? I don't even remember what happened that week. What happened that week? Well, three things. So, oh, I, I just like. I was really bad. I mean, I was really <laughs> bad. That was I was with Norv's <laughs> offense. I had never taken a seven-step drop before, so like we're taking seven-step drops and throwing eighteen-yard comebacks, mm. and I'm like literally one hopping stuff. And it, I remember walking downstairs after the second day in the player lounge, Sports Center special, Mel Kiper, whose player has uh, player stock has been hurt the most, and Mel just <laughs> drop kicked me. All over national, <laughs> um, warranted though. I, that was a that was a bad performance. Um, but I will tell you, like that's one of the things. Uh, di- turning into a little bit of a serious note, a lot of times, like people on Twitter will or social media, people yeah. will be like, "Hey, why didn't you ever make it?" Because some of the stuff, like the smart play breaking down and whatnot, that people like yeah. kind of you know really appreciate. They'll be like, that's "Why great. didn't you ever make yeah. it?" And so, like, my number one thing I say to them is, like, I mean, technically, I played for 12 years, yeah. so I kind of did make it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also, like, there were physical limitations to me. Like, there were, to your per, per your report, like, I had physical li- limitations that made me not uh, super th- – a superstar starter type thing. So, um, uh, that that's funny. But three – Going back to the 05 draft class, that was an incredibly successful, like, long-term class. Like, I, I think oh, we yeah. had, like, eight or nine guys play for 10 years, like Rodgers 10 years. 
Yeah. Campbell, 10 years. Campbell's Alex Smith, 10 years. DA just stopped. Derek Anderson just DA, retired. 10 plus years. Orton, 10 plus years. Fitz, 10 plus years. Still me, going. 10 plus years. Um, Golly. That's true. We don't see that a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that played for 10 plus years in the NFL. Hey, I got one last thing, and then uh, oh, I can let you, let you guys let you get out of here unless DJ has something else. I mean, we talk about the X's and O's a lot. And you, you know, we see you on Get Up doing a lot of the the breakdowns, and we appreciate it. You got a whiteboard right behind you. Can you just can yeah. you draw, can you draw something real quick? Can you just draw us your Let's favorite route combo real quick? Ooh, okay, my favorite route combo. Look at this. Now, this is what All I'm right. talking about right here. I'm at, I, tell me if you guys can see because <laughs> nice. maybe I have to bring the. No, 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 up. we can see it. All no, right, no, we so got it good. Is, we got it good. This is a this is a Peyton Manning special. It's actually called Florida. I don't know why, but this is how Peyton would run it essentially. So it'd be out of eleven personnel. Like say that's a tight end, yeah. okay? And a back here. This would be a go route, but it could be a post if you got two high safeties. Like this it. guy would shoot to the flat right now. He would be a crosser, and this guy would be an in route. And then the back would either check down or leak out. And I remember, like, progression-wise, I remember being like, oh, this is one, this is two, this is three, (laughs) and this is four. And and Peyton Peyton was like, why would you read the deep guy as number one? And I was always like, why wouldn't you? And Peyton's like, no, no, no. no." Yeah, you read hide alone. (laughs) Peyton's like, you take this guy number one all day long. He's like – you throw that, I don't care if you throw it 10 times in a row for two yards. He's like, because eventually, all due respect to defensive people, he's like, eventually defensive people get dumb. And he's like, that's when that throw comes, and that's when that throw comes. So Peyton would read it one, two, three, and this guy would only be like a we saw it on tape alert and it's getting thrown type thing. But just he could beat any coverage like – you got I man, you could you could get it versus man. You got cover two, it's a good cover two play. You have cover three, good cover three play. Quarters, good quarters play. Two man, you got a winner against two man. Like it, it's a play that really, if you get good at it, you could run this 10 times a game and find a different completion all the time type thing. But hey, that's one of my favorites. Hey, Dan, just real quick, you know, based on that play and that progression and DJ's report, you'd have been a pro bowler in that offense, throwing that tight end swing right there. (laughs) Between the hashes. Great work. That is so good. All right, last question, because I'm leaving on a positive note here. Okay. First of all, thank you so much. You've been generous with your time, Dan. It's it's you're you're the man. So it's been no, fun to talk course. to you. Uh, but just to just to just to quarterback geek out here for a minute. Um, I, I love talking to guys, and we, we do it every time we have a quarterback on. Just kind of getting their favorite phrases. I have mine. Our, our little those little things coaches have told you that stuck in your head. Um, I remember uh, you know safeties are the window of the of the soul into the soul of a defense. I remember we had a coach say, "Take it all away. You've always got a being able to check the ball down to the back. Can't go broke taking a profit. You know those types of phrases what's your favorite one that maybe you had a coach could have been high school college or in the nfl that quarterback phrase that kind of runs through your mind still to this day always have a plan every single play have a plan whether yeah that is uh, that was a gary kubiak thing um what is your plan and it it is a, a question that totally changed me as a player certainly changed me as a player and then has been a big part of kind of the role that i'm in now but what is your plan have a plan love it 
Oh, that is phenomenal. Yeah. That is so good. Well, we can't can't thank you enough Thanks, for uh, for being so generous with your time, man. It was a lot of fun thank having you, you on, buddy, and I know uh, we'll catch up soon. You guys are the best, man. Rhett, tell your pops I said hello. Hope I will, buddy. Well, I will. Thanks, man. Later, fellas. Thanks, man. Oh, that was fun, Rhett. Yeah, uh, I, I love not only the knowledge that, that Dan has. First of all, he's self-deprecating. He's a good which sport. Is, which is always <laughs> something I I enjoy. He played along with us there. Uh, but, man, he's uh, he is he is incredibly intelligent about the game of football. And it was uh, it was fun. Even you got him on the board. How man. about that? I mean, like all the, you know, just we didn't prep him for that. You just mentioned it. And then, boom, he's up there drawing a play. The Peyton Manning uh, had kind of, uh, you know, they had when they shared some time there with the Colts. I thought that was really cool. And, and we'll actually we'll throw that out on social so you actually see it. Uh, see Dan draw it up and then uh, see us uh, kind of knock him down a little bit with the, with the read progression on that one. Yeah. So if you don't follow it already, follow that uh, NFL podcast uh, Twitter account. If, uh, if you don't follow that, then I'll, me and Red will both yeah, we'll uh, tweet, tweet that out well. with our handles here. Uh, what, what, what is your handle, by the way, Rhett? Why don't you give uh, it to the good folks just so they have Rhett, it? That's Rhett with an H, R-H-E-T-T, Rhett NFL. There you go. All right, well, let's uh, let's focus here on the division winners from last year, Red. I think we can go through this uh, pretty quickly yeah, yeah. here. I think it's a better or worse. pretty self-explanatory. Did they get better or did they get worse? Are you ready to roll? Yeah, yeah. You want to kick us off with the Chiefs in the AFC West? Sure, and as I said, this is very easy. You're just saying better or yeah. worse when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Justin Houston's gone. Uh, D. Ford is gone. Also, you know, Eric Berry, uh, we know he's moved on. And then I think if you go back to the middle of the season, obviously, yeah, you lose a uh, very, very talented running back in Kareem Hunt. Uh, they've added the, the Honey Badger, Frank Clark, who's a great player, uh, Carlos Hyde, and some of the guys in the draft there, Miko Hardman, uh, is one that stands out. But it's better or worse, and I'm, I'm going to stand right on the fence because until <laughs> I find out what's happening with Tyreek Hill, yeah. I can't make that decision. To me, he he is such an instrumental part of this offense and sets everything up for everyone else on the offense. Until I know what's going on with Tyreek Hill, I can't say. If you look at all the other movement in this team, I actually think they're better because I like really? Frank Clark better That's than D Ford. To me. I think Tyron yeah. Matthews got a chance. Oh, I think it's I think it's a major upgrade. Okay. I know D Ford had the sacks, uh, but I think Frank Clark's a better football player. So I, I think they're going to be better on that side of the ball. To me, the whole thing comes down to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is there. I think they're better than their 12 and 4 record last year. If he's not there, I think they're worse. That's simple. Let's move it on to the AFC East here. Patriots, obviously the champions at 11 and five, right in their wheelhouse, 11 and five, 12 and four, maybe in a 13 and three. That's kind of what they do here. So look, I think so many times in the off season, we talk about the Patriots and oh gosh, they lost so and so and so, you know, how did they, they got worse, right? Well, it doesn't always end up being the case. And so, yes, Rob Gronkowski left. And so I think generally we'd be saying, oh man, they got worse, right? But I feel like, DJ, this was one of the Patriots' best overall draft classes in maybe the last five years, maybe a little bit a little bit more, talking about Chase Winovich, talking about Joe Williams, Nikhil Harry, and Damian Harris uh, oh. as well. I mean, I think you got four guys you're going to see on the field in, in, in pretty good chunks here for the Patriots. So I'm going to say they got better. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say they got worse just because I think Gronk is such a unique unique weapon for them offensively. I know they've won the big prize without him. But I just think with him, without him, I, I think this team, it's hard for me to say that they're better, even though they have had a fantastic draft. Yeah. Normally, you know, at the running back position, it's a little different. Damon Harris will have a chance there with, with Sony Michelle right. and Burkhead and, and, and White to get on the field and do some things. But receiver-wise, uh, rookie receivers with the New England Patriots, it's been talked about a lot. 
they don't have a lot of success there. And I love Nikhil Harry and yeah. what he brings to the table. It's just it's tough tough to yeah. earn Tom's trust that early. Well, on. they don't have a lot of a lot of success with veteran receivers either that come in in free agency. So I mean, it's <laughs> you know it's it's tough either yeah. way. Fair, right. fair point. Okay, Let's I think and you this. lose Trent Brown. Trent That's Brown played very too. well last yeah. year. Real quick, That's and I know I, I like I like what they have with the with the first rounder from Georgia getting a chance to step in there. Yeah, uh, but I still yeah. think there's going to be a little a little bit of a drop off there between Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn. All right, who we got next? The uh, the You're Texans. The Eleven Texans and five AFC last South. year. Yeah, they won. You know, thing everybody remember. It's been so long. They ended up winning that division. Of course, they lost right. to the Colts um, in the postseason. But you look at who they lost to Honey Badger. We just mentioned him as being an addition uh, for the Chiefs. Kareem Jackson. So a couple players there in that secondary. Uh, they add Roby coming over from the Broncos in the secondary. And really, to me, the two keys are Titus Howard and Max Sharping. Those guys as rookies are going to have to get on the field at the tackle position. So when I look at what they've done, I'm going to say they're going to be better because that offensive line cannot physically be worse worse than what they were last year. So I think that group, it might take them a while. They might drop some games early in the year as they're getting their sea legs. But Titus Howard, Max Sharping, I think both those kids end up starting early on in the season. I think the Texans will be a better team. How you didn't mention Lonnie Johnson in this group, I do not know. Their second-round pick, the corner out of Kentucky. Um, Obviously going to bring a little toughness, a little edge to that uh, secondary. Yeah, I think the Texans got better, too. All right, I'm going to take you to the Ravens here, who are your champions of the AFC North at 10-6. and But a lot of turnover on this team. First of all, the biggest piece of turnover happened in the middle of the season. Joe Flacco out, Lamar Jackson in, so Joe Flacco's gone. But then on the defensive side, I mean, you're talking about some icons there that are gone. Terrell Suggs is gone. Um, Eric Weddle has been a real stabilizing force there the last couple of years, gone. C.J. Mosley. That's where it really comes down to for me. Because I think Earl Thomas is kind of a net positive you know, being able to sign him mm-hmm. despite losing Eric Weddle. Darius Smith will be a, a little bit of a loss as well, but they can, they've can they been able to manufacture uh, sack production. Uh, but C.J. Mosley, you know, it, it really depends on how you feel about him, right? And are they going to be able to replace what he did for their defense? I'm not sure that that is uh, – that's a negative for me. So I'm going to say they got worse. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I, I do think that Jalen Ferguson is going to be a good player and fits what they do defensively, yeah. uh, the rookie. I think that, uh, you know, you look at Hollywood, Hollywood Brown, Brown coming in, in there. Big. I just think, I just think though, when you look at how unique their offense was and, and how they operated last year, everybody getting an off season to kind of break that thing down and, and try and uh, yeah. figure that thing out. I think that that hurts them. Now, I don't think it's going to be a huge fall, but I could see them going from 10 and six to eight and eight, nine and seven. That's uh, that's kind of my expectation at this point. In time. Yeah. Even though I think uh, what Mark, you got here, yeah. let's go. Yeah, let's go NFC. Yeah, let's just jump over the NFC yeah. here. We look at the Saints and what they were able to do. Um, you end up adding Jared Cook, who's going to be scary in that offense. I like Eric McCoy coming in Love the draft. Love that one. Yeah. Uh, who's going to replace Max Unger after he decided to retire. You lose Mark Ingram. Uh, mentioned Unger just a second ago. I, I actually think this team, uh, hopefully Drew Brees, I mean, look, he's getting older. At some point in time, father time gets all of them. But 13-3, and three, um, I'm going to say they're the same plus. How about that? Same plus? Cheat there. They're so at the same or maybe a little bit better. Does that mean better. they make the at Super the same, Bowl? Is that like, what we're yeah. saying here? 13 <laughs> wins. Okay. Yeah, well, 13 wins is hard to duplicate, but I could see them being a 12-win team and advancing uh, all the way to the Super Bowl. We talk about glue guys at the top with Chris Long. I think losing Mark Ingram will hurt that locker room a little bit more than, uh, than probably gets talked about. Latavius Murray is a pretty good player. Uh, will come in there, I think, and probably do pretty well running the ball, but uh, interested to see what the, how they – the loss of Ingram affects the overall atmosphere in there. Um, all right, let's move to the Rams then at 13-3. and three, uh, They were your NFC West champions. And look, that's where I would be looking as a NFC champion in 2019 as well. Um, 
they lose John Sullivan, uh, they lose Mark Barron, but I mean, they added Clay Matthews, you know, and that's that's the one area coming off the edge, looking for a little extra there. I think that's a win. Eric Weddle would be a, a, a great guy to have at the back end of that secondary. And I like what they did in the draft. I like getting Taylor Rapp in there. I think he could contribute Im- immediately. And I'm just, I am very curious as to what I'm going to see Sean McVay do with Daryl Henderson um, uh, running back. So I, that, that's really interesting to me. I think they got better. Okay. Uh, you know, look, it's interesting. I think when you look at some of the departures with Roger Saffold um, on that offensive line, that would be very underrated. He was um, almost an underrated player. He's a very good player. <laughs> yeah. He's very good. And LaMarcus Joyner, you know, I know they bring in um, Eric Weddle is a great fit there, but LaMarcus Joyner to me as a, as yeah. a nickel dropping down there, his ability to do that and the different uh, things he could do skill set wise. Um, you know, he's, he's a, he's a pretty versatile player. So I'm going to say, yeah, I, I, you said better. Yeah. Is that what you went with? I went better. Yeah. I went better. Wow, Come on, man. Come on. I think if, if, if Todd Gurley's healthy, if Todd Gurley's healthy, if Todd Gurley's healthy, I'll, I'll go with you. Okay, uh, yeah, Bears, uh, they lose, obviously, Vic Fangio, uh, the running back, Jordan Howard, safety, Adrian Amos. Uh, they add in uh, Haha Clinton Dix at the safety position. I love what they did in the draft, even though they didn't pick early, but to get David Montgomery and Riley Ridley, I thought were both steals. Agree. 12 and 4. I think they take a, a little bit of a step back, and I love Chuck Pagano, but I think Vic, the way he had that thing rolling Man. there, I think it's a small step back. This is a this is a ten eleven win team. That's still great. They're a playoff team. I don't know twelve and four is going to happen. Though. And could very could very well win the North again uh, with that with that kind of a record at ten and six, eleven and five. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you that Vic Fangio is the biggest loss or add there from that uh, Bears off season. Okay, so how about the Cowboys to finish this? That leaves us with one in Last the one. NFC East, no. uh, ten and six champ. Camps, uh, look, um, Cole Beasley's gone. I don't know, David Irving, they can never really count on him. They bring in Robert Quinn. I'm interested to see what uh, what uh, Rod Marinelli and Chris Richard do with him. Um, George Iloka comes in, was a productive player for the Bengals, didn't do much uh, after he was uh, spent that season with the Vikings. But I, I don't know. I, I just I kind of think this is kind of a kind of a stay the course thing. We saw how good they were once they got Amari Cooper in the fold. I don't I don't know that they're that much better than 10 and 6, but I don't know that they're that much worse than 10 and yeah. 6. It's a real tough one for me. I could see them ending up right there at 10 and 6 in the thick of the things for the NFC East again. It's interesting because I think especially if Washington can get Dwayne Haskins up and going. Yeah. Uh, they have a, a good defense in place there in Washington. You can make a case the Redskins could be a little bit better. Uh, you can make the case, um, you know, that the, the Philadelphia Eagles could take a, a step forward. I think the expectation is with the Giants, you know, maybe this is, you know, they losing Odell Beckham, losing some firepower there that could impact them. Maybe they take a small step back. Maybe you see a rookie quarterback in Daniel Jones uh, getting in the mix. So to me, I think you got a couple teams in there taking a step up. I think the Giants maybe a step back. The Cowboys, again, Better or worse? Yeah. I don't know. They're a nine ten. They're a nine yes. ten win team. Yes. That's what they are. Yeah. So are we just going to leave this as the same? Is that how we're going to leave this? Same. It's the same. The same. It's the same. We change the rules. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, it's up down rules. or even. We've yeah. just changed the whole rules. Wait, but on didn't the whole Peyton game. say you're never getting? Uh, you're never getting? You know, you're never staying the same. It's better always better or worse. Or worse. <laughs> that, that, that was a long time ago. Shoot. Uh, Peyton doesn't know he's talking about. Come on. Yeah, that's old. That's old. Right. Uh, that's that's so good. All right. Anything else you want to jump in here before we get out of here? Uh, no, man. I think uh, I've got a little uh, NFL total access going on this week. So check us out at uh, seven o'clock Eastern, you know, tonight. Staying busy after Path to the Draft, bud. I love that, man. You're yeah. working way too much. I try not to work that that hard at this point in time <laughs> in the year. Put the razor away. All right. 
Yeah, I know. I just shaved today, man. I think it's nice. Um, all right. Well, hey, uh, appreciate uh, Hytham running the show for yeah, us. Yeah, did a great job on the pod. Glass. Bucky is getting Bucky getting a little bit of a break, but you know, Bucky, he's not really. He's out there you know, coaching, doing something, on, you, know? you know, resting. He's yeah, he's out. He's doing an internship with the CFL. He's got all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, Bucky's all over the place. So uh, we'll get Bucky back here before too long. But we always love uh, having you with us here, Rhett. And that was a fun show. Thank you, bud. Appreciate it, man. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thank you guys for downloading, subscribing. Uh, Tell a friend as well. We do appreciate it. Uh, It has been fun getting back with you on the Move the Sticks podcast. Remember, check out our videos, nfl.com slash mtsvideo, or uh, the YouTube channel. Go to the NFL YouTube channel. You can find us there. That's going to do it for us. We'll see you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.